in case you missed it, my book Anatomy of Abundance hit the market and it is officially an Amazon bestseller. We couldn't have done it without your help. Thank you for being here and supporting me. If you haven't picked up your copy, pick it up today. Learn how to transcend the limits of scarcity and rewrite your life's narrative, transforming it into a story of boundless prosperity and fulfillment with Anatomy of Abundance. Join renowned author Petrina Wisdom and 16 Brilliant Minds on a Transformative Journey. Discover awe-inspiring narratives and empowering strategies to attain abundance in relationships, career, health, and wealth. Every purchase breathes life into a remarkable cause, donating book proceeds to the Shine Organization. Shine Organization empowers sex trafficking survivors to break free from scarcity, fear, and past traumas, and boldly create their own unique path to abundance through entrepreneurship. Buy your copy today. You're listening to Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast where we spotlight women who've gone from managing to mastering life's challenges and the badass practitioners that are changing the way we heal. I'm Dr. Sabrina Nicole, psychologist, coach, author, and speaker. But more importantly, I'm a woman who had my own journey to mastering chronic pain. You don't need to be stuck anymore. Fuck that. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Valerie Maxim. Valerie is a proud mother of four children and Gigi to two beautiful granddaughters. Her journey as a mother has shaped her passion for empowering others to cultivate self-confidence and embrace an authentic lifestyle. With a deep commitment to personal growth and transformation, she wholeheartedly believes in the power of self-acceptance and living in alignment with one's true self. Through her work, she strives to guide and inspire individuals to discover their inner strength, overcome self-doubt, and embrace their unique identity. Welcome, Valerie. Thank it you It is so nice to meet you. Thank you. It's good to meet you as well. And today's topic, she's going to be talking a little bit about the importance of having a relationship with yourself and the importance of living an authentic life. And I think we all need these reminders probably daily about how to stay connected with ourselves. So tell us a little bit about your journey to these discoveries of learning to have a relationship with yourself. Okay. I didn't actually, I did not even know about these concepts or if I did, I never thought about them until I was 44 years old going through a second divorce and I got pregnant at 18, got married. I had a six month lapse in between that marriage, the next marriage. So you could, I was just always with somebody, right? So I lived at home. I got pregnant, got married. You just went through my whole life of, um, how do you want to say it? Just not really mm-hmm. ever taking the time out to think about myself. I was one of those people, like you say, that's the people pleaser. Everybody else needs to be happy. You know, what do you guys want for dinner? What do you want for this? You know, just always trying to make sure everybody else was happy, never thinking, about myself. I had two husbands that who, you know, they both had their own businesses and, you know, I was a stay at home mom. So I poured into them and helped them. And what can I do for you and your business? How can I help? How can I give? How can I never ever thinking, you know, about myself or working? I was old. I guess what you want to say old school. I don't know. I was of the mindset that women stayed home, took care of the children, did all the house things. And, and that's just what I did. And so you can imagine from high school, 18, pregnant to 44 and never had lived mm. on my own. I mean, I never had worked. 
I was the stay at home mom. You know, you, you go through this whole thing in life and you wake up one day and you're just like, how did I get here? Like, what is going on? Because this is, I mean, you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, I'm getting older and, you know, life did not turn out the way I envisioned in my head, you know, this happily ever after. And, and there's times too that you, I would get, if I'm being really honest, you just get a little frustrated with, I would get frustrated with God and stuff like, God, I'm a good person. And everybody else I look at has these perfect lives. So I thought, right, you know, you don't know behind closed doors and, you know, I did all the right things that I could do and. I don't have this and I don't have that. And, you know, you just go through this whole list of things of now trying to play the victim mode. And, you know, that didn't get me anywhere. <laughs> it's like, so eight years ago when I divorced, I would, I didn't mean to go on this eight year journey of working on myself and going on this self-discovery journey. My intention was and give myself six months to be remarried again. That's where I was at in my headspace. Like, okay, I need to find somebody and I need to get onto the third marriage. And I'm very thankful that that did not happen, <laughs> you know, looking back because, I mean, as painful as it was, I mean, when you're not used to being by yourself, I've had one relationship that lasted like two years that ended like three and a half years ago. And that was just another relationship that was not good. And so I had to just really dig in even deeper after that one and be like, okay, I'm the common denominator of these relationships and I need to understand and figure out why I keep attracting and keep allowing all the things that I allow. Like I could turn it one way and just talk about all the bad things they did to me, but I don't choose mm -hmm. to do that. I choose to turn it the other way, the mirror on me and like, okay, they did those things, but you stayed and you forgave 500 million times. I mean, you overlooked, you didn't have boundaries, you didn't put a stop to it. So you kind of played into it as well as they did. So I had to really figure that out. And I guess looking back, because we can connect mm -hmm. dots looking backwards, that really started changing my life was when I worked on self-love, learning who I was, realizing that the relationship I have with myself first is the foundation to every other relationship you have in your life. So when I had no relationship with myself, I'm building other relationships on mm -hmm. sand. I'm building other relationships something that's going to fall at some point because I don't even have a strong foundation myself. So I don't have boundaries. I don't have self-confidence or self-worth or, or I don't value myself. I just take the crumbs and, you know, just think, okay, well, something's better than nothing. At least I'm getting something from these relationships. And I lived my entire life like that. So up until eight years ago, and that was just waking up one day realizing, I don't even know who I am. I, I did get a life coach. I didn't have really any money, but I was able to just put on a credit card for six sessions. And those were the best six sessions that I ever had because, well, the first session I just cried because I'm like, I don't think I can do this because she gave me a questionnaire that I couldn't even fill out. And I think that was a really huge opening moment for me when questions like, where's your favorite place mm -hmm. to go on vacation? What's your favorite color? What's your favorite hobby? What, you know, all the things do you like? What makes you happy? What makes you laugh? And I'm just like, okay, I don't know. Wow. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I, you know, and it's like, wow, I don't even know myself. And that was mm -hmm. eye opening and frustrating. And so again, when I look back on this journey that it took me eight years to heal because I had so many things to heal from, because I lived a life from 
at 12 years old, I watched my dad pass away before my eyes. He had leukemia. He was home for the weekend. He collapsed. I witnessed it, ran to my room. My mom never knew I saw it. And I think that was the moment that things went down a wrong path for me because by not talking about it, I started having panic attacks really bad in sixth grade. Never told anybody what they were because I didn't know what they were. I just thought I was dying. Outer body experience, my heart palpitating, like feel like I'm not here, but I'm here and, you know, disconnection. And when you start like that and you have this major trauma, then I became quiet because I was hurting and I didn't know how to heal. So then I became labeled as shy and quiet and maybe weird because I didn't talk to people knowing in my heart, I'm not shy and quiet, but yet you're labeled that never having, you know, asked to the dance, you know, never had dates to anything through school, never dated anybody through school just because I was not my authentic self. So when I say looking back, realizing the importance of finding your authentic self, because had I been my authentic self, had I had, you know, somebody to, to, to guide me through that time and allow me to heal however I needed to heal, allow me to, you know, be my best version of myself. And if I would have been able to be authentic, then I could have been the Valerie that talked and laughed and had fun and went to parties and friends and do. And, and I would have attracted different opportunities, different friendships. I would have attracted different things, you know, but by not doing that, the first boy right out of high school that liked me, you know, he'd already been in and out of jail a few times and he dropped out of school and I got pregnant and I married him. And it was just because that was the first person who showed me any interest, who showed me any kind of, you know, that he liked me and it wasn't the best person for me by any means. But when you're that broken and you're not living that authentic life, you're going to attract things on the level that you're at is how I believe it. And that's how my story was. So attracting the things where, you know, I was broken, he was broken. And you start this relationship with two people that are very broken because of his childhood. And neither one of us knew who we were. And we had three kids in three and a half years. And I mean, you just go down this road of life where, whoa, I mean, if we could have just been able to, but again, I don't, I look back at that and everything I've been through, everything I've learned, all the people that I've been able to encourage and help on my path. Yeah. I wouldn't trade it. Like I wouldn't go back and say this because it literally has made me a stronger person. I know today who I am and I'm still learning. It, it never ends. Like, you know, I'm still going through things. I've learned how to listen. I've learned how to ask myself the questions like you do in life coaching. Okay. Why am I feeling this way? Where is this coming from? You know, working through giving myself some grace and, you know, just really trying to figure things out. So I don't know that we ever fully arrive. But I do say, you know, every day, I just want to create the best version of myself today. And that's just my goal every day. So I think if you can kind of have that mindset to know yourself, be authentic, do the things that make you happy, you'll show up in the world a better place. You're better for your kids. You're better for your spouse. You're better for your friendships. You're better for your job. You're, you're better for everybody when you show up that full vibrant self, so to speak. I think that's a beautiful place to be in where you could say that you wouldn't change the past one bit, that it's made you who you are and it's led you down this path. And I think that things come to us when we're ready, you know, and maybe you weren't ready to see things there. I've been in that situation too, you know, in a marriage day after day working, doing the household stuff and not really looking at the relationship for what it was until 
and illness sat me on the couch and I'm watching th- my life go by like this. And I'm like, who picked this shit? Whose life is this? This can't be mine. Um, and then I realized like, oh, I can't go on like this. This is going to be the death of me if this continues on like this. So there's something said for being ready. And I pro- was probably in my 40s too. And there really is no time limit on healing, right? And we just have to take it one day at a time. And really those early traumas that you spoke about are so critical. You know, it would have been so important, you know, if your parent or a teacher or somebody noticed something, you know, because it can't be the onus Mm -hmm. on us as children to, you know, to get ourselves the help we need. And it's unfortunate. A lot of times people don't recognize, you know, they see it as like you mentioned, being quiet as opposed to having gone through something, Mm -hmm. Um, especially a loss of a parent. That's significant. And there's no time limit on grief either, you know? Um, a lot of times people think you grieve, you have the funeral, okay, we're done, everybody goes home, we're good. Never that. Like, it's never that easy. I realized, you know, I used to listen to that saying that time heals all things. And I've realized time doesn't because when you have trauma stored inside of you and you don't work through it and heal it, it just, for me, it created patterns in my life because I was just, you know, I still had that in there. So, that, that kind of that anger, that resentment, all those feelings that I didn't know myself. So I attracted men who weren't mm-hmm. faithful to me, who weren't good for me, who weren't, for some reason, I just created patterns because I so wanted to be loved that I would do anything for it, even if they weren't treating me right, but yet even on a small level. So I, I literally had patterns of, I listened to words. I didn't look at actions like, you know, they could promise me the world. They could tell me everything that I wanted to hear. And that's all I needed. And there was never any actions that ever looking back, I look back on and all the years I'm like, wow, I mean, wow, wow, wow. That I went all those years and all those relationships and just got by on words and that I was okay with that. Never seeing any actions, you know, just not, you know, still looking back on it. It's just amazing someone told me just yesterday and I'm like, well, that's a pretty profound thing. They said, you know, you need to turn the volume down and you need to just watch mm. the movie. And I had to think about that. And they're like, we need to turn down all the noise, all the things that people say to you. And you need to watch the actions because, and, and I still have to work on that because I mean, it's just kind of been ingrained in me. So there'll be times in life that I'm going through things and I'm like, okay, time out, Valerie, this person's saying all these things, but what are the actions? And I'm like, oh, there's none. How do I navigate this now, right? So I'm, I'm constantly having to remind myself to, you know, stop listening to all of that and just look at look at it for what it is. Because my heart was so big, I wanted to see the good in everybody. So they might have 10% good, and that is where my focus went. And it stayed on that 10% good. I didn't see the other 90% that wasn't good. I just chose to focus on the 10% that was good. And, you know, I've realized where we focus is where we go. So you have to make sure your focus is in the right place because it's, I mean, it can keep you stuck somewhere for a long time when you're continuously focusing on the past or focusing on the wrong things. Okay. I need you to repeat what you said. You said, turn down the volume and watch the movie is what your friend said to you. The modern world bombards our brains with an overwhelming amount of inputs and stressors. Our brains are struggling to adapt. A lack of brain balance means many of us are anxious, looking for energy in the wrong places, and struggling to get a good night's sleep. The solution is brain tap. 
BrainTap combines a variety of proven methods that restore balance to your brain for optimal performance of mind and body. This technology communicates directly with your brain so you don't have to do anything. Simply sit back, relax, and push play. Central to BrainTap technology is the concept of brainwave entrainment. The brain will naturally synchronize with external rhythms. And several modalities are used to accomplish this, including binaural beats, isochronic tones, guided visualization, 10-cycle holographic music, and with the BrainTap headset, you'll have the added benefit of light frequencies. The overall benefits of BrainTap include improved clarity, improved quality of sleep, and more energy. Start your brain fitness journey today with a 14-day free trial. Click on the link in the show notes. Yeah, that's what they said. They said, you know, you just need to turn Mm -hmm. the volume down, you know, because when the the volume's so high and all you're doing is just hearing the stuff and you're not focusing on what's really happening, it can distort what you're, you know, the whole situation. And, you know, I lived my life like that. I just listened. I never took the time to stop and watch like, okay, wait, let me see. What are they actually doing? What is, what are the actions here? Are are there actions backing up? And another thing that I had to learn that kind of goes along with that, that plays on it too, is trust Mm. is earned. I would give trust to somebody the second I met them and I would get hurt every time. And it's, it's earned. It, it's, it's a process. So it's, it's somebody consistently doing the right actions day after day after day will slowly build trust. And I'm realizing this now because I have new people in my life and new things and it gets very uncomfortable for me. And even in the dating world, you know, because, you know, going on dates with the guy now that he's, he's wonderful. He's amazing. And it's been like, I don't know, we've had like 12, 14, I don't know, a lot of dates. And I still haven't fully said, okay, I'm going to do this with you because I'm at a place now that I've had to really put the brakes on and watch the actions to build the trust. And that doesn't happen overnight. And I know us as women, we get we can get stuck really quick. Oh, this guy likes me. He's so good to me. He's doing all these things. And you just want to jump full in. Like, you know, just here we go. Let's run. And that's not enough time to see, you know, the red flags or how do they react when life happens or something happens that's, you know, considered bad or traumatic for them? Or, you know, how do they handle things when you're not at your best or you're not having your best day or you're down? How do they treat you? How do they, you know, and all of that takes time before I never even would look at those things until I was too far in. And then you're so stuck that you're like, you just kind of, stay longer than you should have stayed in that relationship because you get pulled in so quickly. So that's another thing that I really do live by. And it's not always easy, but I'm like, okay, what's the rush? Even if it takes another month, like I just, the consistency of somebody doing what they say over time for me, I have found soup. And I know this is going to sound weird, but I have found it super uncomfortable. And you're like, wait a minute, that's what you want. It is what I want. But when you're not used to something, your comfort zone, my comfort zone is toxic. My comfort zone is the chaos. My comfort zone is the fight. My comfort zone is that I have to go fight for this. I have to go win this man. I have to go, you know, all these other women are around and I got to go show him I'm the one and I have to get in my masculine energy and I have to do all the things to that I don't want to do. I want to be in my feminine energy. I want to be on that receiving side and that nurturing side. So 
taking these deep breaths and working to stay in my feminine energy and allowing the man to be in his masculine energy has become one of the hardest battles. And it's, you should be like, oh, that's so easy. It is not easy. I have to keep breathing. My, my, my kids are like, mom, don't mess this up. Like, mom, it's okay. Like, just take a deep breath, journal it, you know, really realize this is everything you've been manifesting, praying for, wanting, and now it's happening for you and you're wanting to run. And I can't explain it because it's like, but it's uncomfortable. And so just because things are uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not right for you. And that's what I've had to realize. It's not just because it's not comfortable. And like, you know, I've coached a lot of people that have come from all kinds of backgrounds. Let's say alcoholic parents, abusive households, and they're in relationships now with alcoholic relationships and abusive relationships. And, And every time they get someone in their life that is what they would say what they want, that's not those things, Mm -hmm. they run. They go back to the one that was abusive. They go because it's their comfort zone. It's where they just feel, even though it's toxic, even though it's not good for them, even though it's not the best, it's where they feel comfortable. And I'm living that firsthand. So it's like it's it's this battle within that you're having to really fight for yourself and show up for yourself and stay focused on what you want. And even though it's uncomfortable, you know, the, the best things in life happen outside of our comfort zone. And so a lot of times we have to stay out there and really understand it and figure out, okay, is this good for me or not good for me? Like you're trying to figure out the, is the comfort zone right or wrong. But when you can sit there and write on a piece of paper, all the good things that you're going through and you're uncomfortable, that's like, okay, red flag for me. And, you know, one of the things that in the relationship, it's like I said, it's very new. I was like, you know, I think I'm going to take a break because I don't feel emotionally connected to him. I just don't think he can Mm -hmm. emotionally connect to me. And I had this light bulb moment that's like almost God telling me like, "Um, hello, you're the one that's not emotionally connecting. He is, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and here I'm seeing it like I don't feel emotionally connected on some things. But then when I look at it, I'm like, oh, that is right. I am the one that's not emotionally connected because I've been so hurt that I'm still kind of keeping a little guard up. Okay, let's just go another couple of weeks and see where things are at. So, you know, life is a journey. It's a process. You never fully arrive. You never know everything. You never, I feel like we're, we're healing at the level we're at today because I didn't even realize I needed to heal from these things until I got into this. I'm thinking, oh, I've healed through all these things. I'm great. You know, I'm fully healed. This is awesome. And then you you get in there and you're like, oh, Okay, but the right person will let you heal. Like he gives me my space, my mm-hmm. time. He's like whatever space you need. And so I do feel like when you find that right partner, you're like, "Wait, you're giving me my space to like I don't, you know, it just it just messes with you, but it's like it's it's yeah. the right thing." So again, just learning your authentic self, whatever that is. I'm being my authentic self. I'm I'm being vulnerable with him saying, you know, just give me a little bit of time. Like I'm really healing through this and for the the right person, I believe will allow that and won't like be pushing you. Like my past people will be like, Oh, that's stupid. Pushing me, get over it. Let's go. Like not even hearing what I'm saying, you know, much less trying to be there to support me. How w- would you say that your definition of love has evolved and in change because now a person giving you space, you know, now has the opposite meaning than it did. So have you, can you say that you've changed your definition of like what love is and how you define it and, and how you're willing to receive it? You know, my entire life, I thought love 
came from somebody else mm-hmm. giving it to me. So my whole life, I was looking for that feeling we have, like that love feeling, whatever the the euphoria, the just, you know, that feeling of love, like being in love, you know, like your first love, the, those feelings. And so my whole life, I've been looking for that mm-hmm. to come from a man. And about a year ago, I was just driving and it just hit me. Oh my gosh, like I am so happy. I am so full. I am so like complete. I am so all these things. And I'm like, this is the feeling I've been looking for from a man. Like, and I got it myself. And I was just so blown away how that happened. And I was like, this is so weird. I thought I could only get this by somebody else giving this to me. And so when I first found that, again, the foundation of our relationship with ourself is how strong our relationships can be outside of that. So I always thought self-love was selfish. And now I'm realizing it's not. It's your relationships are so much stronger when you have that Mm self-love. It's not ego. It's not arrogance. I'm not better than anybody else. I'm just on my journey of growing and evolving. And by doing that, you attract better things in your life. And so, yeah, my my, um, definition of love has definitely changed. I used to always think love came from Mm -hmm. external things because in my past, the men I were with, everything about them was looking at other women and who was beautiful because that meant they were more lovable because, oh my gosh, she's got the perfect body. She's got the perfect this, that, and the other. And so I had 44 years of just feeling like, I can't ever measure up to that because how am I ever going to be loved? Because all the men I'm around are always pointing other women out and, you know, they're so this and they're so great. And and you're, you're always trying to better yourself, but never quite reaching that mark. And I realized I am shooting for something and trying to reach a goal that is impossible because it's an inside job, true love. And that feeling of joy, happiness, acceptance has nothing to do with one's outer appearance. And again, 44 years to even kind of have that concept took me till 50. I'm 52. It took me till 50 till I could really understand that, that, you know, people would be coming up to me and, oh my gosh, you're so beautiful. You're glowing. And I couldn't even say when I divorced at 44, when my my life coach had me say positive affirmations, I couldn't get the words, I am beautiful to roll off my tongue. I I couldn't get it. Like it was, I am beautiful. I couldn't even get it. I would stutter. I couldn't even get it off. And it took me four years to be able to even say it normal. Like, you know, the I'd have these positive affirmations like, okay, I'm beautiful. There was no, you could tell I didn't mean it, right? Because I just couldn't, I just didn't feel it. And so being able to then finally say, I am beautiful. But that came with me healing my heart. That came with me realizing healing all of my past traumas and getting, you know, working through all the things I didn't want to work through that were painful and hard. And when I did that, you know, people can see my passion. And when I talk and I speak and they're like, oh my gosh, like you're so beautiful. I still have to work on it. It's not something that I see. It's something that again, that we all have things we have to work on. It keeps me from getting on videos. It's, it's a lot of things, but I choose to show up and not listen to the voice back there that wants to come up and tell me otherwise and I have to always go back to my my center and my grounding that, you know, beauty begins within. And, you know, it's not an outward thing. But yeah, so for me, the definition of love has changed on so many levels. And that's why I'm saying now that I'm having it the way I want it, it's super uncomfortable at 52 to be like, this is what I've always wanted. And now I put eight years of hard work in and I'm now receiving it. I just have to breathe sometimes and say, Valerie, 
do not push this man away. Do not like just, it's okay. And I have to talk to my child Mm -hmm. self, you know, sometimes like you're safe, you're safe. It's okay. You don't have, you know, you are safe. You are healing. You are, these are all the things you should have had your whole life. And, you know, because I always say the rest of my life will be the best years of my life. And it's like, you know, you're praying for things, you're manifesting things, you're putting in the work for these things. And of course, they're going to start happening and coming to fruition. And, and the worst thing I can do is self-sabotage because that's what I find myself doing when I start getting something that I have worked so hard for, prayed for, put the work in. And then when it starts happening, it's almost like, oh, I don't know if I really want this or deserve this or know how to handle this. And then you start doing things to sabotage yourself. And that's another thing, like, you know, you you can't do that. You have to just work on your self-love. I guess that's what I'm, I guess what I'm trying to get the bottom line of it is self-love is so important. I, again, my life coach, when we had that first meeting, those first few meetings, she was really on me about, I needed self-love and I did Mm -hmm. not hear her the whole six sessions that I loved everything she taught me, but I hated that. Like I didn't tell her that, but I'm like, I'm not doing this self-love. That just even sounds weird. I do. I believed I had self-love then because I am with you really got to know me. I love all people bigger than you probably could even imagine. You're like, how can you love people of all cultures, all everything, all sizes, all everything? Like I love so big. And I just thought that was self-love mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm a very non-judgmental person. I just believe everybody's on their own journey. I love, I give, I had self-love. So four years, I didn't, after her, talking with her, I did not want to hear about it. But when I had that breakup with the, the guy I dated for two years, I realized, okay, I need to revisit mm-hmm. this self-love thing because I obviously didn't have it because I could love everybody else. But why was I allowing myself to be treated like this and talked to like this and the things done to me like this? And I would never allow that for anybody that I, family, friends or anything. And that was a big aha moment. So I've only really been on my self-love journey for like two years, but I will say it has definitely transformed me. Like I've not changed, I'm transformed. Kind of like going from the caterpillar to the butterfly. There is Mm -hmm. no going back. Like I don't, it's not even possible if I wanted to go back. So it's a very important thing that I think there would be so, this world would be a different place if people could have the message to realize the importance mm-hmm. of self-love. So tell us a little bit about your business and the type of women that you work with and coach. You know, I have actually, my heart was just to help women who um, maybe they're in their forties, they could still be married or divorced a lot of times during that age, you know, it's kids are going off to college and divorces happen because one's been a stay-at-home mom, the husband's been working his career, and you just kind of grew two different ways, waiting for the kids to graduate and you're getting a divorce. And the, these women don't know who they are and kind of in the same place I was. And then I also have women who are staying married and they, you know, they don't want the divorce. So they're staying married, but again, they don't know who they are. So they're just needing to find their passion. Now that they've raised their kids, what do I do? I'm just at home, just looking in the mirror, like my husband's working. He has his career, his friends, his thing. And I don't have any of that because I lived my life through my kids. So just helping women to find their purpose, find their identity, find, you know, the things that make them happy and, and get them on a path. 
And it's very interesting because you that's kind of my niche is just helping people find their authentic self. But I have coached people in business coaching that, you know, were in career transitions and going through change because they needed to make more money or they just hated their job. I, I've even coached marriages, like husband and wife together in a room, which that was interesting. Okay. I'm not a counselor. (laughs) This is not, you know, but I can coach you, you know, I will come in and I will coach as I would, you know, life coaching. It's all about asking the questions and listening, you know, listening to where someone's at. So I, I feel like I have coached on so many levels of just if I sat down and wrote it out, like there's probably nothing I haven't coached on because I really feel like a good coach can coach any area of life if you're a good listener. So I'm really good at listening what you're saying and what you're not saying, and then provoking the next question for you to find your answers. You know, it's, it's never that thing that you're upset about or whatever. It's usually five to seven levels deep of where the real core of the issue is coming from the anger or the resentment or the unforgiveness, it's not usually just in what they're saying. It's really dissecting and getting down to the core of it so you can break that core up and break those limiting beliefs up to then start on a healing, you know, a healing journey and replacing that with the things in life that you want. Wow. Thank you so much, Valerie, for sharing about your journey and your work. And I hope that you inspire someone to continue on their own journey and just keep going because the journey doesn't stop. It's not a destination, right? Exactly. Please share with the listeners um, how to reach out to you. What's the best way to contact you? And the best way is my website. So it's maximizinglife.com. My last name's M-A-K-S-Y-M. Or I do have a Facebook and Instagram and both handles are Maximizing Life. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Okay, listeners, that's it for today's episode. Please follow the show, like the episode, and post a comment. Thanks so much for tuning into Fuck Being Stuck, the podcast. Be sure to check out the show's notes for this episode on www.drsabrinanicole.com and follow us on social media. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. We'll be back next week with more. See you then.